NHPA is releasing four episodes of Tell Me More, highlighting this year's Young Retailer of the Year honorees in order to further recognize and celebrate them for their contributions to the industry. NHPA would also like to recognize the program sponsors for their dedication to the independent retailers who are pushing the boundaries on the industry each day. Before we continue with the episode, we'd like to bring on Glenn Gavart of Midwest Fastener to share a few points with our audience about the company and why the team at Midwest Fasteners believes it's important to sponsor NHPA's Young Retail of the Year Awards. Welcome to the podcast, Glenn. Well, Renee, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. So I guess to get started, I'd love to hear um, just a little bit about Midwest Fastener and the company as a total. Do you mind giving us, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot you could say, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about the company. Yeah, sure. We're, uh, we're based in, uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, we're a 54-year-old uh, company, family-owned and operated, uh, operated by the third generation now. Uh, we're a fastener company first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, but in the last few years, we've uh, we've expanded our horizons a little bit and and acquired uh, an iconic brand in the industry, uh, Heiko Products, and that's kind of a nice adjacency to the fastener aisle in the uh, typical hardware stores and home centers um, around the country. So we we now also uh, own uh, Heiko Products. Uh, we've got a, about 150 sales reps around the country servicing hardware stores, home centers, and lumber yards. Uh, taking care of uh, of their fastener needs and now their numbers, letters, signs, and keys uh, needs as well. And then we also have a network of five uh, regional distribution centers around the country to uh, uh, to serve these hardware stores, home centers, lumberyards that we uh, that we sell product to. So that yeah, that's great. And and honestly, Midwest Fastener kind of relates in many ways, I think, to the independent retailers that you serve, being a family-owned business. So many of the retailers Absolutely. we work with are family-owned businesses. But yep, um, definitely. Do you mind maybe telling us a little bit about some of those company values? I think obviously family and supporting independence is important, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the values the company holds. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've been with Midwest now, I mean, I'm in my 33rd or 34th year, something like that. And I'll, I'll tell you the, the one thing with the, with the, uh, the family that owns and, and operates uh, Midwest is, is the integrity and the reliability. Those are two of the main focuses that, um, you know, we obviously have sales agreements in place in lots of places, but while we have that piece of paper, it's, it's much more important to uh, the commitments that we've made and the handshakes that we've made along the way um, uh, that, are, that are as important. And, we're, you know, we're, we're a very folk, uh, customer-focused uh, company, um, mm-hmm. and, and we rely a lot on the, uh, the people that we have out in the field representing us every day and the professionalism that, uh, that the men and women that we have out there representing us uh, put forward. Uh, we've also uh, uh, over the years made, you know, and continue to make uh, strong investments in our employees to, to help them be in a position to, uh, um, uh, to enjoy their work and, and help us uh, continue to do, uh, continue to do our work as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Well, that I think kind of ties into my last question, but um, so this is an episode, one of the episodes that we have that is recognizing our independent our, our Young Retailer of the Year honorees. Um, and do you mind maybe sharing a little bit about why Midwest Fastener is committed to the industry and supporting young retailers through this program? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the independent channel, the independent hardware retail market is really where Midwest Fastener grew up. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's helped to build us to the company that we are today, and it's actually helped shaping us into, into the company that we're going to be tomorrow as well. 
Um, while we do have some other avenues of sales, really today, it's still the vast, vast majority of our sales are in the independent channel. Um, yeah. and, and it continues to be important to us. And, and the young retailers of the year, they, you know, they're really tomorrow's leaders and, and they're true inspirations to uh, the next generation of, of, of the younger group that's coming up behind them. But I will say they're also, I, I talk to others in the industry that are my age and older and, and these young retailers are an inspiration to us as well. So it's, it's, it's just great to see and, and, uh, and continuing their involvement in the industry and, and giving them the recognition they deserve uh, is, is very important. Yes. Well, we really appreciate your and Midwest Fastener support of this program. And um, we're just so happy to have you on board. And, and so we wanted to um, recognize Midwest Fastener as well for supporting this industry and, and these, these awesome retailers that we have this year. So thank you again. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, and thanks for all the great work the association does as well. Before we continue the episode, we'd like to bring on Dave Lewis of Intertate Polymer Group, also known as IPG, to share a few points with our audience about the company and why the team at IPG sponsors the NHPA Young Retailer of the Year Awards. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. Um, I guess to get started, I'd love to see if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about Intertape Polymer Group with our listeners, maybe a little of the backstory and, and just kind of what, what you all are about. Absolutely. So our company was founded in 1981 in Montreal, Quebec. We've since moved our executive headquarters down to Sarasota, Florida, and we manufacture a variety of tapes from masking tapes and, and duct tapes and filament tapes, packaging tapes, but we also have gotten into more products. We do, you know, stretch and shrink films. We do protective packaging like your bubble mailers and your bubble wrap. We do uh, woven and non-woven products for your, like your roofing underlayments and your house mm -hmm. wraps in the building and construction industry, as well as packaging machinery for industrial and also retail use. Uh, we, we hire or we employ about 3,600 people. We've got operations now in 31 different locations. When I joined the company back in 2014, that was more like 14 or 15 locations. We've got wow. 21 manufacturing facilities in North America, uh, four in Asia now, and, and one in Europe. So our company in the last six years or so that I've been with the, with the company has just grown exponentially. It's been very, very exciting. So it's really neat that, you know, we don't just offer one or two specific tapes, but we, we offer basically what we, what we consider the bundle. And, and that's what makes, you know, selling it at Intertapes so, so fun and so exciting because we can offer so many different solutions to, to all of our different customers. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I didn't realize uh, how much you've grown too. It's, it's awesome to hear. Um, do you mind maybe sharing a little bit about kind of some of the company's values and, and what the company stands for? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually going to just kind of pull from one of our slides and we have a slide that we use to, to present to both, you know, customers or potential customers, but we also show it during internal discussions just to, to remind us and, and keep everybody focused on, on what it is we're trying to do. So, you know, the first part is our vision and, and that's to be really to be the global leader in packaging and, and protective solutions. Yeah. And, and with values, 
it's really it's really these things. It, it's our it's the people. We're very much a people oriented company. Um, it's it's a great company to work for. We have so much fun. We have such good products. It's just a, a great place to be. It's our passion. It's our integrity, our performance, and, and our teamwork. And so mm-hmm. we've got numerous teams here at Intertape, and they're all so dedicated and focused on producing quality products and really just providing the best products out there for, for our end users. And Definitely. so our strategy, as I mentioned before, is with the, the breadth of product line that we've got is to strengthen that bundle. We don't want to present just a single product to a customer. Yeah. We want to we be able to provide them all of their, all of what they may need to, for whatever project it may be. We also want to expand the global footprint. I didn't mention earlier, we are actually the second largest manufacturer of, uh, of tapes in North America. And we're wow. looking to expand. Yeah, thank you. We're looking to expand that um, globally. Uh, third part of our strategy is to drive operational excellence. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that is, you know, we've got plants that we've opened up recently that have, that use no solvent. So we, we care very much about our economic footprint and, and how we impact the environment. So our goal is to, to use less and less solvents and, and make things more and more safe for not only our people, but also the environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and lastly is to embrace sustainability. And this last piece is, has been a real, real, I won't say buzzword, but a real focus for us at Intertape over the last couple of years. And, and basically by sustainability, we just mean how we impact the environment. How can we change our packaging to uh, materials that are 100% recyclable? How can we just, you know, in, you know, increase our efficiencies in raw materials and, and energy usage? We're just overall trying to improve the way our, our company works, uh, how we can have less impacts on the environment and, and really just embrace that, that whole kind of philosophy. And it's, it's been really neat seeing some of the, the projects and, and, and new products that our R&D team has put together and, and what we're doing, what we're trying to do out there. It's been, it's been a really neat kind of focus. And, and I, I think that, that we're going to be the global leader in that. And it's exciting for us right now. So um, do you mind sharing maybe a little bit about uh, your commitment uh, to the industry and these Young Retailer of the Year honorees? Um, we'd love to hear a little bit about why Intertape Polymer Group supports this program. Oh, of course. So Intertape on our retail and consumer side is, is really focused heavily on the independent side really since the beginning and this is spanning back several decades it's it's been our core business for a long time and what's really exciting is that our company realizes that we still have so much potential and growth here that we've been adding people and resources and new products so we're continuing to support to support this channel and don't see doing otherwise really ever and so what we like so much about this young retailer of the year program is that we're basically supporting the future and the leaders of this channel that we think so highly of and is so important to us. And these are, you know, these are top people, their jobs. I mean, these are professionals who, who thrive in this landscape right now that is constantly changing at incredible speeds. So for us to be able to support them just means so much to us because our future is tied so much to the future of this channel and these, these leaders that we're honoring that uh, it's something that we're going to support for for as long as we possibly can and, and really appreciate the opportunity to be involved with it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, again, we just really appreciate sponsors like like you all and, and can't thank you enough for your support of this program because it wouldn't be possible without you. So um, thanks for helping us continue to help shine a light on these retailers that are doing really cool things. And um, just thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks and congratulations to all the honorees. In this episode, I sit down with Robin Smith of Petersburg Hardware in Petersburg, Indiana, and Tyler Nalvichin of Nalco Home Hardware in Lacombe, Alberta, Canada. We'll talk a little bit about their careers in the industry, how it felt to be honored through this award program, and what their plans are for the future. Before we dive in, NHPA would also like to recognize the program's sponsors for their dedication to the independent retailers who are pushing the boundaries of the industry each day. Thanks go out to Arrow Fastener, Epicor, Fluid Master, Intertape Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. Now let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Robin and Tyler. Howdy, thanks for having us. Hello. So excited to have you guys on. So first, I'd love to kind of get a little bit of background on both of you and um, maybe just tell us about your introductions to the industry. I know um, both of you, it, it was family businesses, but I'd love to kind of hear when it changed from being, you know, just part of the family and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is this is my calling or kind of just tell us your stories. But maybe, uh, Robin, you were an honoree for the Young Retailer of the Year Award for the over $2 million in sales category. Do you mind kind of sharing your background first and then we'll, we'll go over to Tyler and he'll share his as well? Yes. Uh, thank you, Renee. And thank you for this opportunity to be on this podcast with yeah. you. Um, this has been quite the year with... COVID and a lot of changes here in our store. Um, my parents, Dennis and Sherry Bishop, uh, purchased Petersburg Hardware in 95. Um, at that time, it was a tri-level facility, um, very dark. Uh, it's the It was like the old school kind of hardware store. So when they came in, they kind of revamped it all. Um, I was in third grade at the time, so we would spend summers there. Um, and once I got a little bit older, I was able to help uh, my dad, Dennis, in the office with a lot of the paperwork, filing, things like that. Um, and so that kind of grew kind of the wanting to work for myself, be in the retail industry, um, not so much the, the hardware store at that point in time. Um, I graduated from Indiana State University with accounting in 2009, and during that, that was you know right at the end of the financial crisis, so jobs were not available in the accounting field. So initially, when I started college, my plan was to go into the accounting field, get some experience under my belt, and then re-enter into the retail world of owning my own business and possibly even the hardware store at that time. Um, but when I graduated, of course, no jobs. So I jumped back into the store. We were growing at the time uh, in our 5,800 square foot facility. And um, we had some other departments that were that needed a lot of help. So I came back in after, after college and was able to help us grow um, basically out of the 5,800 square foot. So in 2016, um, myself and my husband, Eric, came, approached my parents because, you know, family business, everybody works together. Uh, so we all uh, sat down and said, hey, you know, what's our next steps? Where are we going to go? Um, you know, is this something that's going to support them and my family at the same time? Um, and we just decided that it was time to expand. And luckily, a 28,000 square foot facility became available in our community. 
and it's right off a new interchange. I mean, it, it, it's really the a perfect place for us. Um, so at the time we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to fill that spot? So I hit the ground running on looking for new products, uh, new staff, uh, training, uh, entering SKUs, every, everything that you could do from the ground up. Um, so we opened up there in February of 2016 and it's been kind of running ever since. Um, each year, obviously we are growing year over year. We're adding new items. Um, we currently are the leading dealer for Skag Zero Turn Mowers. Um, and we did that within four years of growing that, which was kind of unheard of before that. But um, we focus on the, the customer aspect in our store and, and giving them the, the full full attention that they need for anything, any job, any little job, big job, um, and, and allow that. So that's what has allowed us to get to where we are today and with and honestly to continue to grow. That's great. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot since since kind of taking over back in 2016 and um, I'm excited to keep learning about your business throughout the podcast uh, today. Um, mm -hmm. Tyler, you were named Young Retailer of the Year honoree for the under 2 million in sales category. Um, do you mind sharing your background and a little bit of what led you wanting to work for your family business um, at Nowco Home Hardware? Yeah, you betcha. And thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah. been a it's been a long time coming this goal. So yeah, <laughs> really appreciated being able to share that. Uh, so my family, uh, my grandparents bought the business in 1986. Uh, so when we bought it, it was um, a family hardware store that was started, I think, back in the 30s. Uh, so they'd had it for 50 years. So we kind of got to take over that um, that role of the long-term generational store because they were also family friends, the Solis. And uh, at that point, so we're in a historic building, uh, built in 1896. Uh, wow. Been there the whole time. We've doubled our square footage just simply because half the store was being used, half the store was being rented originally. So um, it didn't take long to move into that after like two years because the space was needed and the store was underperforming at that point. So it was easy to go up kind of thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, at that point, um, it was just my grandparents. And then uh, their children, my aunt, my uncle, my dad, uh, kind of all came home gradually from different parts of Alberta. And uh, I came back to town in 93 and uh, turned into the kid who sat on the bottom shelf watching for thieves kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it was uh, kind of in the lifeblood. And yeah. uh, they just gradually grew a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then... Um, Ownerships uh, started to change when uh, my dad uh, popped in as owner in 2000. And um, I don't know, what else did we do in between that period? I was pretty young still for a long time there, so it's hard to remember. Yeah. But, uh, so my dad still comes in the store and helps me quite a bit on those crazy days, which mm -hmm. have been the last year and a half, for instance, where you just don't need staff certain days and then other ones you get inundated. Sure. Uh, so he's been a huge help that way. But I took the business over back in 2010 from them. Okay. And that's when I would say the bulk of the changes happened. We went from your typical old hardware store to one that actually understands the numbers that it's looking at and mm -hmm. uh, appreciates, like you said, Robin, lighting is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it can be very uh, underestimated, the change that just some good lighting can do. And uh, full re-merchandise, and I probably... Geez, if I don't move the store around every three years, I'm just going stir crazy kind of thing. Because there's just all these things that pop up. And you think you can make this better, this better. And I'm limited on space. It will never change. 
I have the square footage I have, and until I move out, which I probably never will because I love this building, it's blood, sweat, and tears kind of thing, it'll probably be that square footage. So, yeah. So and does my, it... Uh, my wife oh, uh, uh, kind of like started to dive into sure. the business with me a bit here a few years ago. She started doing the bookkeeping for me. Um, I think that was going on six years now. And then just this past March, she became a dealer with me. So she's part owner now. Uh, which is great because she's been uh, pivotal even in this happening. I don't think that uh, I would be here doing this today if it weren't for her. So that's been a deal breaker kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So does the does the inside of the store? You said it was built in the 1800s. Does it have like the traditional like creaky wood floors or like what are some of the characteristics of the building? I, I just love yeah, definitely hardware does. stores. So we don't have like the hardwood showing anymore and whatnot. We've got probably, okay. you know, this layer of floor on top of this layer on top of this layer at this point now. Yeah. So, but definitely, yes, the creaky floors are there. Uh, tin ceilings, you know, when the heat kicks on in the winter, the pipes bang. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So I love it's that. The, it's got the character for sure. That's that's great. I love shopping here just for the character. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure both of your stores have the hardware store st smell too. I remember a couple of years ago someone was making a candle that supposedly smelled like hardware stores and we did a giveaway and people were like, "Give me the hardware store candle." Like everyone just loves <laughs> that smell. Can't recreate it. I want to know what that smell is. I know, I know. I don't I feel like I remember smelling it and it wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it was okay. Um, the smell of a hardware store is when you swipe your finger across the shelf with all the dust on it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Very true, Tyler. Very true. That, that dust just piles and piles and piles. <laughs> yes. So. so both of your stores are in different areas um, and obviously would serve different customer bases. But do you mind each of you maybe sharing a little background of the communities you serve and the types of products and niches you specialize in? Okay. Uh, so Petersburg, Indiana is in southern Indiana. Um, we are actually one of the interchanges on the new I-69 corridor. Okay. Um, so that was huge for our community. Um, our actual town is about 2,500 people. The entire county is about 12,000 people. Um, we have four stoplights in our, our county and they're all within a mile of each other. So pretty small community. Um, so for us to, to be able to, to be in the over 2 million category is quite phenomenal yeah. for us um, and our community. That means that the people in our community are shopping us, but also we're bringing in people from surrounding areas. Um, so that, that is a huge, huge incentives for our, our community, um, which they, they have shown. Um, so we are, you know, we're, everybody knows everybody kind of thing. And, um, which is not a bad thing because we all help each other. We all lean on each other. Um, for example, my husband and I unfortunately had a house fire back in 2011 and lost everything. And the, the next day at the store, stuff was coming in from our customers, helping us, um, just trying to get whatever we could back on our feet, um, as quickly as we could. That's amazing. So, you know, everybody helps everybody and we, we just try to lean on each other. Um, with anything, just like with COVID, you know, we had several organizations that were shopping for elderly or high risk, uh, leaving things on the porches because we, we don't have any big boxes or Walmart or anything like that. So everything's kind of locally owned around here. So there's there's very few delivery options per se. Mm -hmm. um, so that that really has has helped us all grow. And it's it's family oriented. So this is where I grew up since third grade. Um, my parents were from this area and uh, this is where I, I want to, to grow my child, my children as well. 
Um, I have three girls and, and I love being able to to watch them grow in the store and the community just like I did. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to have them after after school to come over into the store until we close. So I love that. truly still a family business. That's great. Tyler, tell us a little bit about your area, your neck of the woods. Well, uh, Alberta is, um, most people have heard, like Alberta is oil. Mm-hmm. So that's been a huge shift lately because with um, the things that are happening in oil, our markets have really um, been wavering a lot, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the mindset of dollar, dollar, dollar is definitely the way Alberta has always been and it's starting to shift and it's mm-hmm. been really nice that way because people are starting to appreciate what we offer more and more and more. And uh, COVID definitely helped that even more because we are in um, the CNE corridor. So we've got Calgary and Edmonton mm-hmm. uh, in northern and southern Alberta. And then we are smack dab in between the middle of them. So okay. we're, I would say, no shortage of population kind of thing. We're 14,000. Okay. Uh, we've got Red Deer 15, down, 15 minutes down the road with over 100,000. Wow. Uh, so competition is everybody. Yeah. Um, competing with like the grocery stores who sell the stuff that we sell, the Costco's, the other big box stores like Home Depot, uh, Rona in our area. Yeah. Um, all of all of the above. Um, so it's been that customer experience that's been the big shift in our neck of the woods where people uh, don't want to take that 15 minute trip down the road to Red Deer anymore just because they were told not to at first kind of thing. And now they've formed the right habits and they actually stay local and shop local. Yeah. So uh, it's been... Um, Great and very overwhelming all at the same time because our operation was not uh, built to take the increases that occurred in the last 18 months. So. Yeah. So it's like it's one of those things, I think, for like you said, and I've, I've heard this from a lot of retailers that, um, you know, the experience with COVID, obviously, it was a scary time for a lot of people and... Um, you know, but the home improvement industry and, and retailer, independent retailers like both of you and all the other retailers I talked to have been able to support their communities. And, you know, really, I feel like the customers came back out in droves to support the independents, which has been great to hear. And it sounds like that's been the experience for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the big things. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, COVID was, was a very, very rough time, obviously. Sure. And like for our team, you know, we, I I think it brought us all together a little bit more. Yeah. Um, made us appreciate what each other does a lot more um, because, you know, we, you know, at one point in time we had two different teams. So one team did not sh- sh- see another team for you know 10 plus days and you, you kind of lost that kind of left arm somebody you lean on um to keep the store going and then i think they also appreciated more of what the owners do because we were there you know at night stocking the shelves for them or you know doing everything while they were focusing on the customers um so it definitely i don't want to say i covid was great by any means but it was nice for our team to come together a little bit more strong and um, that image to our, our customers and our community is that we are a strong store and we're, we're here to serve. Sure. What are some of the niches both of your businesses are like specialized in or people know to come to your stores for these specific categories or items? For our store in Petersburg, like I said in the introduction, it's it's all about that service quality. Sure. We make sure that, you know, yes, we are a big store, but we, we don't lose the, hey, how's it going? Or um, we remember a story that you told us a couple days ago or asking, you know, how how's your, your son doing kind of thing or 
congratulating for an accomplishment. So we strive to keep that going. Um, some of our niche categories that we bring in from other communities is our is our zero to rowers. Um, okay. That has been a huge growth opportunity for us, um, which has then led into small engine repair, um, becoming more certified in more engines, which then leads into the outdoor equipment that we're able to service that we sell now. Um, so that, that has been our, our biggest growing category. Um, we also now, we went from a convenience type lumber to actually a weekend warrior type uh, lumber yard. Sure. Because we're not really lumber, we're still, we still have it all in, uh, indoors, but we're able to complete more projects now um, for that customer and keep a lot more on hand, even with the lumber wonderful sure. pricing and up and down, left and right. And, you know, uh, the joke is Monday mornings, there's a new price increase. And so, you know, everybody's kind of ready for that and how we deal with that and how we help our customers figure out exactly what they need so that way they don't have the extra um, on top of what they, they need. Um, so, so that has been a growing effort for us as well. That's great. So those are our big categories. Um, and then we have the normal hardware stuff. We do a lot of paint, obviously. Um, a lot of specialization in there. Sure. So. Tyler, what about you guys? What are your kind of big, big ticket items or things that people turn to you all for? Well, I would say that um, I don't have any specific specialty niches where, sure. um, you know, we bring in any sort of unique where we're the only place to go kind of thing besides the yeah. smaller ones. So um, like wood finishing, because I'm a woodworker. So oh, um, cool. a little bit of a selfish intent there. I brought a supply of... Um, uh, finishing products in so that I had them and they've been great for the community because being in central Alberta um, there was nothing uh, Edmonton and Calgary yeah. is where you had to go so you had to travel an hour and a half if you had any sort of specialty finishing that you needed to do um, and paint massively in paint paints probably 30% of our um, annual sales kind of thing and it takes up probably a quarter of our store so oh, great uh, that's probably the biggest one but um, Definitely our best niche is our service. Uh, yeah. We've got a sign on the outside of the building yeah. that lists all the services that we offer. And one of them is exceptional wit because yeah. uh, we will deliver on that every time you walk in the door. Yeah, best I love that. Do is give you the, the desire to come back and see our faces again. Well, it sounds like something both of your stores have, which is which is awesome. And you mentioned woodworking and actually Danny, who I talked to in the first episode I recorded with the uh, honorees, she's from center hardware out in San Francisco. And she, that's how she even got into the industry was cause she was interested in woodworking and, you know, applied for a job and went from Trader Joe's to working at the store. And so, um, I, I always like hearing what, what kind of some, some retailers interests are too, and how it ties back into the industry as well. Um, so both of your operations um, are really involved um, in your communities. Why do you think serving your community is so important? And maybe what are some of the things that you guys have done in both of your communities through the business? Well, um, you know, with being a, a smaller community, um, you have to be involved sure. with them. Um, you know, these are your customers that are shopping your store and choosing you over going, um, you know, even if it's just 15 minutes down the road, they're still choosing not to drive those 15 minutes. They're, they're choosing to come into your store. So the more we're out in the community and showing that we support our community, the better. Um, so I, 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 you know, all of us serve on many boards. Um, and when I say serve, we're involved. Um, sure. We're not just showing up for our meetings. We're actually, you know, giving our time to work on a project 
or sell food at a stand to do some some improvement project. Um, myself, I, I've been the past president of our Chamber of Commerce. I'm currently the treasurer of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, it's something that I, I really feel passionate about and growing and, and not only my store, but helping others grow in the community as well. Because whatever gets the people to the community is is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm one of the developers for our leadership program in our community that's partnered with Purdue University. Um, so that has been a growing effort um, to keep keep younger generations um, in the community after they graduate because we are an older community. So we're trying to get those younger generations to stay, to grow their families here. Um, So that leadership program has taken off. We're in our third class and it's really putting the effort in and and making our community beautiful. Um, So yeah, we're, you know, anytime that anybody needs anything, we're the ones to call. Uh, We help a lot with the school programs if they, they need to build something or they have a prop that they need to make. Um, we're 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 just the one to call if you need something done and need help doing it. Uh, usually, we can figure it out some way to do it and help them out. Um, one of my most favoriteest things is my oldest is is it just finished kindergarten, mm-hmm. and for kindergartners, the biggest field trip of the year is going to a pumpkin patch. Well, with COVID, they weren't allowed to do that. So our store actually neighbors our elementary school, so they're we butt up against each other and there's a a field in between us. So the kindergarten teachers came to us and said, Hey, we want to do a pumpkin patch. Can you guys help us? And I said, well, why don't we just do it for you? And so, well, they were like, Oh yes, let's do it. So we were able to build our own little pumpkin patch in this field. And we had a pretend fire. We had games for them. You had snacks. Um, So that was a huge opportunity for us uh, just to give back to our schools and and to hear those kids giggle. Um, Normally we can't hear anything from our front doors because of how the wind blows and everything. And you could hear the giggles and the, and the screams of excitement from our front door. And everybody was like, what's going on? What's going on? And it was nice to say, well, we, you know, we built that pumpkin patch and they're having a great time back there. Yeah. That's, that's a memory. Those kids will never forget. That's great. Mm -hmm. Tyler, what about you guys? What kind of things are you doing in your community? Well, the community involvement one's kind of a tough one because I always forget like all the good things. Um, mm-hmm. But the things that really stand out completely are um, I have a weakness for small business. Uh, so yeah. Anytime I have the opportunity to either physically help, mentally help, financially help another small business because uh, and COVID's been a really good opportunity for me that way. Um, yeah. I do whatever I can, whether it's, geez, I've, I've lifted uh, freezers through windows on a building so they didn't have to hire a contractor to rip a door open just to get wow. the freezer in the building because they couldn't yeah. afford that. You know, little things like that. Um, or uh, somebody has, a, has suffered some vandalism and same thing, hiring somebody to come and do this little job, even just to get through the day because the window's busted. Yeah. They just need some help. That's all they really need kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but as for community, I just like to be, I like to have my hands in things. I like to mm-hmm. uh, be able to say that I guided that decision. Uh, so um, sitting on various committees and boards and whatnot with the city for planning is uh, something that I really enjoy. Um, or event planning um, or coordinating with various events so that people can see more than just the children's rides or the parade go by kind of thing. They can see the, you know, the woodworkers uh, guild, for instance, puts on a show, you know, that's important. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, 
but uh, my favorite one is actually something that my wife uh, initiated three years ago. It's called Chairs for Charity. So she found a supplier to sell the little pine Adirondack chairs. Okay. And we sell those chairs to other businesses um, at cost. And uh, we have them paint them custom uh, and then display them at their business. Sure. And people buy raffle tickets uh, to win these chairs and whatnot. Oh, cool. And then um, we take all the proceeds from these raffles uh, and donate them to... Uh, so the last couple have been two different schools' uh, lunch programs. Oh. So I think we're just over $10,000 in uh, two years that we've raised for that now. Um, so that's been, that's been the highlight for me because it's... It's more than just being able to give money to somebody. It makes it such a fun event. Like, we had 75 of these brightly covered chairs just everywhere, all over town. It it just drew attention. So do you still uh, see the chairs when you're, like, maybe you're going on a walk or you see it on someone's porch from someone who bought it? That's so cool. I saw one last week just walking down the street with my dog. Yeah. Sitting on their front step. It's great. It's so satisfying. And this year we decided... I'm totally stealing that, Tyler. Totally (laughs) stealing that idea. I love that. Absolutely love that. That is is awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, this year the big thing for us was we wanted to have the commitment back because we skipped last year. Because this is going to be a struggle. And when you struggle at something and it fails, you lose momentum. So Mm -hmm. it would be better off to just skip, not get Mm -hmm. that negative feeling about it. Uh, yeah. This year, just to make life easier because businesses didn't have as much money as usual, we just uh, we asked for half the cost, so we covered half the okay. cost of all the chairs, just so that we still had the commitment, and we still had I think fifty-ish chairs, so wow. it was really nice. That's, That's great. So good. I love that thinking outside of the box and finding fun ways to. So it's not just you know raising money, but there's something else, another element to it, and a visual element yeah. to it, and you know people can enjoy the chairs too, which is really cool. So. Um, so NHPA, we were actually formerly NRHA, um, we've been serving independent retailers for over 120 years. Um, I'd love to know how each of you were kind of introduced to the association. Um, and if you hadn't been as involved, would you say that, you know, the nomination and kind of learning about the association, is there anything that you find fascinating about it or is there any specific areas of NHPA or hardware retailing or any of those things that um, you've turned to over the years? Um, Whenever, so I came into the hardware store at the end of 2009 after college and I was in a a separate non-hardware part of the business. So my my focus on hardware was very spotty up until 2016 whenever I, I stepped up. Um, to take a, a more of a leadership role. Um, so I'd say that's when I was first introduced to the NHPA now um, through Do It Best and uh, knowledge is the big thing because, you know, with no hardware background, yeah, I grew up in the hardware store, but I did not know anything. And I, I still have a lot to learn, obviously. And so that has helped uh, to have that resource and having those articles in hardware retailing. I read every every issue um, just to see what I can pick up and everything. Sure. Um, and then in 2019, I completed the um, retail management course. Yeah. And that that just skyrocketed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was kind of the turning point in my career of being just an owner to excelling at being an owner. Yeah. Um, they they brought out that program brought out so much confidence in myself. 
um, allowed me to network with a lot of stores. Uh, for example, Tyler, Teresa Handel is one of my best friends from that group. Um, and we all still talk on a daily basis. So Beautiful. it was nice to have that momentum and going. So, um, and now as we kind of fast forward, um, we just did our actual, the actual change in ownership uh, at the beginning of this year. So I reached out to Scott Wright at the NHPA and I said, hey, we need some help with some succession planning. Yeah. And he had me names, he had me appointments uh, ready to go um, and made that, that process a lot easier. So having that resource there with the NHPA is just priceless to us because it's just somebody that we can call and get an answer quickly kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's great. And I did recognize you and I think we've met before from, you know, yes. different, yeah. different uh, class yeah. things because I'd come down and do the social media and stuff like that, too. So yes. um, I was excited yeah. to see when you were uh, named in one of the honorees. But Tyler, what about you? Mm -hmm. What's your kind of connection to the association? Did you know much about us or kind of tell us a little bit about how you got involved, perhaps, or? Yeah, I would say I'm a really mere image. Um, I was introduced through the magazine. Great. Uh, I was coming in the store for long before I owned the store. Mm -hmm. And um, so pulled a lot, especially at the beginning. Uh, so many golden nuggets found in that magazine that yeah. um, I was able to capitalize on just to uh, build some confidence even. Because um, fixing things has always been my niche for sure. Yeah. I can fix anything. I can build anything. But that, um, you know, the inventory, the bookkeeping, the um, uh, finding those niche markets outside of just what you can do by yourself and mm -hmm. uh, give your, your staff the strength that they need to um, follow in your footsteps kind of thing. Sure. better in many cases. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the training courses for sure. Um, having uh, the basic hardware retailing has been great for staff to just pick up on areas, you know, somebody has great knowledge in plumbing but nothing in electrical sure and they want to know just that little bit it's kind of standard for me everybody goes through the whole program eventually well uh, that's what i love to hear because i yeah being on the member services team we're always trying to encourage people to get their team's training and so i hear a lot of we can't use it because we don't have time what do you say as far mm -hmm. as not having time being the the excuse for not training employees. Busy as heck. Busy as heck. Yeah. You don't train properly unless you schedule it. That's my opinion. Yeah. And we have people scheduled to train at 9, 11, and 3 every day. Sure. So somebody going up for a minimum half an hour three times a day. Yeah. It's the most important thing you need to do is give people the information to take care of the customer properly. Yeah. And, and their own confidence. confidence and probably with onboarding too. Feel confident. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure too with onboarding, it's helpful to with a new person to get them, give them some of that computer training as well, so that they're not just kind of thrown out there and just figure trying to figure it out. And you yeah, know, because the basics are really important. Like mm -hmm. hands-on is the only way to really, really, truly yeah. grow with yeah. being on the sales floor in hardware. I feel, um, but if you can be with a customer and just have that, I know this one moment. Yeah, that's all it takes for somebody to build mm -hmm. confidence that they even want to just stay with you because it can yeah. be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. people sticking around long-term is a really big issue in this industry, so. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, so do you, do each of you mind maybe telling us a little bit about um, what it was like to be nominated and selected um, as a 2021 Young Retailer of the Year honoree? And um, were you surprised when you got the call? Maybe, I, I always love hearing the story behind it for each person, but if you both wouldn't mind kind of sharing, I'd love to hear. 
Well, yeah, it, it was a surprise. I, I, I knew that I was nominated this time, um, which I then found out that I had actually been nominated a couple times prior, um, just w without me kind of knowing it. Yeah. Um, but the this this year, I I knew I had set some levels that I, for myself to to be a young retailer um, for this year. That was you know that's a goal to hit before uh, age thirty five, and so you know with with me getting up close to that number, uh, <laughs> you know, now was the time to get it. Cause that was one goal that I had set that I would want to be a young retailer of the year. I just, I felt like that was something that I could say, okay, I'm doing the right thing that, you know, I've chosen the right path kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, you know, last year I set some goals, um, here's how I'm going to do it. Here's the difference I'm going to make. Um, and I knew I'd hit them, but I just, you never think of yourself as being, oh, I'm awesome. I, I do all this stuff. So sure. when I got the call from Scott, I, I honestly was was surprised that I would get it. Um, just just being still kind of newer to the business um, and taking that leadership role uh, more recently. It was it was quite surprising and it was honored. I was actually driving down the road and had to like pull over and Aww. tell Scott, hang on, let me pull over. And so it, w it was really nice. And then, of course, I then had to call everybody and get excited about it. Yes, of course. Tyler, how about you? Well, it's a funny story for me because it's been a dream for a long time. And within Home Hardware, we have this the Young Retailer uh, Awards also. Sure. And for 27, 2017, 2018, and 2019, I was runner-up within Home Hardware. <sighs> so <laughs> there's been an ongoing joke in my world. That Tyler's really good at getting second place. <laughs> so when I got that phone call, it was like, "Are you sure? On. Me? Second place? <laughs> no, no, full on." So it was a dream come true Aww. and a an omen overcome. That's great. Yeah, it, was, it was great. I was speechless for once in my life. Literally yeah. speechless. I just didn't know how to respond. Yeah, I love it. it. Fantastic. What, I guess, advice would you give to someone who's listening to this? Maybe it's another young retailer, or maybe it's an owner who's listening and going, you know, I, I have someone that I think would be great to nominate. What advice would you give to them um, if they're thinking about applying or, you know, considering um, putting themselves in the running? Why not? Why not do it? Why not take the chance? Um, you know, mm -hmm. as an owner, we are taking chances every single day of, uh, you know, how are we going to succeed? How are we going to grow? So, so why not take that leap and, and help that person gain some confidence in themselves? Um, even just the nomination alone and telling them that, the, hey, you're being nominated for something is quite the honor. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can, it's okay to come in second place, Tyler. It's okay to keep going. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta keep trying and keep trying. And that, that's why we, we do what we do is because we're here to continue our efforts to, to succeed. And yeah, not everything works out and that's okay. We just gotta keep going and keep pushing um, and find ways to motivate ourselves like we motivate our teams. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Tyler, yeah, what are your thoughts? Good enough. That's, that's a big one, never think you're not good enough. If you yeah. even know what this program is, you are already on the right path because mm. it means you're interested. It means you're involved. Yeah. It means you, you want this to be life. Yeah. If you're reading these articles and you are motivated to do anything in this business, sure. work towards it, throw your name in, well, or somebody else throws your name in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is doable. 
I think what's cool too is that um, it gives people an example or gives you ideas. And like Robin, you even mentioned listening to Tyler talking about um, what they're doing in their community with the with the Adirondack chairs. You know, it it sparks ideas. And I think that what's so cool about our industry and about being an independent retailer is that you know you have the opportunity to make those types of decisions or try new things. And you know. Obviously, you don't want to give away all your secrets or this, that, or the other. But I think a lot of retailers are willing to share and help each other because, you know, at the end of the day, there is so much competition from big corporations or Amazon or the big box stores of the world. And it's like, you guys are all in this and, and doing what you can to serve your communities. And so I think it's um, it's just a, a great way for other retailers who maybe, maybe they haven't thrown their name in yet and they read about you guys or see your videos or listen to this podcast and they'll go, oh, I could try something like that. And then, you know, a couple of years from now, if they're under 35, maybe, the, maybe they'll have some of those things that they hadn't even thought about implementing into their careers and um, can have that to submit and, and get chosen as well. Well, I've had so much fun getting to sit and, and chat with you guys. It was almost like we were in the same room together. And um, I do look forward to seeing you all in Vegas uh, in October. And um, just again, thank you so much for taking time out of your um, morning to chat with us. And um, yeah, we've enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.